Welcome to episode 156 of Drew Sports Crew here on this Sunday afternoon. Myself, Drew Skyberg, bringing you the Wisconsin news here on the sports side, of course. Right, as always. Um, and look, this past week, not a whole lot going on, but I have a lot of things to share on the news side. Kind of just some thoughts on, on sports in general here. Um and I do want to go through kind of the Brewers, how they've been doing, and it's been a rough spring so far in terms of the win-loss side. I think developmentally, I think it's been so far so far a success, quite frankly. Uh, the Bucks, right, they just continue to win a nice one against Chicago, the chippy Chicago Bulls. Yes, I know Bobby can be a little bit of a pest at times, but it was just fun to see Bobby and Pat Bev, you know, being the high-energy guys on this team and leading to some nice stuff here. Um, not much on the Packers side as expected. You know, they were they they were at the combine. They formally met with some guys, but nothing, nothing too much, right? It's all, ooh, this guy you know, could get drafted by them. This guy could too. And this guy, this guy, it's we're, we're at that. It's all speculation. I don't know. I did though, before I'm here live for episode 156, I just finished watching the Giannis, Giannis the Marvelous Journey. It's a prime video documentary. For those who know me, know I do not watch movies. I do not really watch documentaries. I will if it's a documentary that really, really interests me. But I'm not like I'm not a big media person. That's not that's not who I am. And seeing this documentary, I'm like, okay, documentary. I watched the Disney one. The Disney one for me was a thumbs down. Uh, you know, Giannis, it was cool to see the story, but it was Disneyed. It, it was Disney. You know that that's a verb. Um, to Disney something, and that, that's what happened. This documentary, however, wow, it was impressive. It had it had it all. It had ups downs. It had, you know, it had all the kind all the moments. Right, there's heartbreak in it. There was also the big moments, the the win, right, the championship, things like that. And it it was broken up into acts. I, I won't give too much into detail because I I want people to watch it, but. Man, it was it was it was so good. I was they broke it up into Act One, Act Two, Act Three, and it was like un, you know unfiltered. Giannis was saying whatever he wanted. It wasn't like, hey, this is for Disney, it's for kids. It was, hey, this this is Giannis's life. Let's talk about it, kind of thing. And it was really impressive to watch. Um, we also got to hear more about his fiance, right? Get to hear more about Mariah's life and kind of what's going on there. Um, I and I just thought it was just flat out impressive impressive um what happened uh, you know just like how how it, they broke down the story the the quality the graphics you know um the, the people that got involved in it too right they had like maybe they had jim paschke there they had a ernie johnson right milwaukee native um just things like that i know that this is not a movie review thing but this, this is wisconsin sports this is meaningful uh Shout out Jared Valeski of Journey to a Million. He recommended me to watch it. I probably still would have watched it, but he was like, "You have to watch this, dude. This was this was impressive. It it was, this was one of the best documentaries I've ever watched. There is probably there is bias in that because I'm not, as I told you, I'm not a big media person. But if you ever have any sports recommendations or media things like this, just send them my way. I will watch. And I was very very impressed with that so again if you have prime video go watch Giannis the Marvel's journey okay that that was what I wanted to get off my chest I was like 
I got to talk about this before I go live or right before we get into news. Next news stuff here. It's a busy, it's March. March just came. You all know how March is here at the sports group. We have fantasy baseball coming around. We have a league as always. The The entry fee this year, $15. Uh, reason an increase. 100% of the pool is, of course, paid out. That's how we roll. But the reason there's an increase is, right, I want to make sure we can have consistency throughout the league and activeness, you know, and activity. So looking probably at 10 to 12 teams in that league. It's a fun one. It's head-to-head points. Um, and just it's a fun league. It's with listeners. We get to see who drafts the most brewers, all that fun stuff, but I enjoy it. And you should definitely, if interested, reach out at True Sports Crew, uh, Instagram, X, you know, True Sports Crew on Facebook or YouTube. I can make sure you're in that league. Uh, furthermore, March is here for March Madness. The classic uh, Drew, Sports Crew, Drew Sports Crew bracket pool. That's a lot. That's a tongue twister. It's here. $10 buy-in. If you throw $10 in, 100% of the pool is paid out. We don't mess around here, right? This is about building a sports community, and that's why being all together here and playing in a nice pool, I suspect we'll have around 35 to 40 people. So do the math. That's a pretty nice win for someone at first place. Um, And there will be, of course, other prizes there as well. Um, I'm excited. But yeah, reach out if you're interested in any of those. I can give you instructions on how to join. Um, that's going to be done. So I do that one through the March Madness pool. I know I know people boohoo that one, but the NCAA March Madness app is nice. It's a nice app. It might be, there's a there's some parts that are painful, like some of the signing in and some of the logistics are nuts. But uh, I do Yahoo for fantasy baseball. I also get poohooed on that one. I'm like, really? I, I think Yahoo's might be the best app for that. Uh, just because of all the features, uh, sleeper still doesn't support fantasy baseball. They would be, but once they do, that'll be a nice one. But, uh, man, I try to do fantasy basketball for the podcast. We took this year off on it. It's fantasy basketball what might surprise you is the toughest one to get people for, because there's a lot of components with it. It's not like baseball where like, you can't auto set your lineup on sleeper for it. So it's kind of hard to get people interested in it. So, um, that's overall like why we didn't run one this year, but looking forward to doing baseball and March madness. If you're interested in both reach out again, at your sports crew also check out there for all the content, right? I'm, I posted a baseball season long parlay today. Kind of what I, cause I was, I was looking at some of the lines that I'm like, I, I got to get out some information on how I feel about some of these lines. And um, I think there's some really good value on the board right now. So if that's something that interests you, if you're planning to do one, I would recommend acting right now. Um, I know there's some uncertainty right now as it's spring. There's still three and a half weeks before season starts, but I would just get some lines in right now. Uh, Yelch is only at 17 and a half home runs. Obviously, they're bake, baking in him, missing some time with the back probably, but otherwise, there's no reason he shouldn't clear that line based on um, kind of opportunity. The chance at him dh more this year is more is – is this is the highest chance I, he might DH the most that he has in his career this year. All I'm saying is I think there's some nice value um, with that. Also with steals too. So I would check those out, but I, I got content, whatever, you know, anything Wisconsin sports related also on Wednesdays I do, or Thursdays I do some of the NFL um, overall NFL stuff, but still applies to the Packers. I rank teams Packers usually included um, good to see where they're at in respect to other teams. So, 
that's the announcements I have as it took eight minutes th- to get through them as I just had to share all the, there was some Wisconsin sports news in there with like the documentary and such, but let's get into the brewer side. Um, look, I think so far, right. We know, we know how spring has gone for them. It has not been good, right. It's been a lot of, you know, trying to experiment with guys, see how they're going to fit um, in, in different spots. And so far we've seen that, uh, right. The guy who's the cover, picture here of this episode Sal Freelich. Freelich has had a nice spring nonetheless. Um but we're still you know waiting on just everything clicking as a team. Pitching's been so far actually the not not so great thing in the spring, but it was just two guys who who got who got bombed yesterday. You know that, that was that was really what happened. And it was right Aaron Ashby, a guy who we, we love. We want to Want him to get back to full strength. Didn't have a great outing at all. He's working his way back, though, I would say. And that's kind of what we're on. Jansen Junk didn't do great either. Uh, Devin Williams, aside from two walks, two strikeouts, he looked great. The airbender back, as always. Um, Piomps gave up four runs with and only recorded two outs. That was kind of the bad one with two home runs allowed. Just got to get him back. Mizorowski looked phenomenal, as expected. That's Jacob Mizorowski, one of our top pitching prospects, who we will see in the big leagues this year. Otherwise, Weimers had a rough spring. That's been the, the scary thing. Um, Freelich's been, Freelich has been a stat sheet stuffer so far in spring. His OPS is at 870. He's looked phenomenal. Um, and we know spring does not um, correlate too much to necessarily wins. Um, we also know the top team last year in spring was the St. Louis Cardinals, and we know how that turned out for them. So the Brewers being two and six so far does not should not phase you, should not be worrisome in spring. I don't, I don't know. I won't look too much into it, but I'm more worried about how's the development side looking. Are the is the team playing well? Is there like other guys who are standing up? Um, Owen Miller has had a nice spring. So just guys of that nature. Um, who have kind of moved up and down in the league. Eric Haas, I want to talk about. He's he's so far as batting, batting 549 or four, 545 with a, an OPS over 1,200 so far in spring. He's a guy who we want to see more. He's known for his ability to hit left-handed pitchy. And again, he only, I mean, he's six for 11 so far in spring, no home runs yet, but he's a guy you want to have out there for lefties. He's a great platoon bat. Um He's not a guy who you need getting logging bats at bats against right-handed pitching. That's not going to be as productive, but he's honestly a pretty valuable piece. I'm surprised the Brewers got him for, um, you know, like we're able to get him. I mean, again, it's not like he's the great, he's this all-star caliber player. No, by any means, but I think he's above replacement, slightly above replacement level in terms of at the catcher position, especially on the offensive side. And he provides some utility on top of it. So, just a, just a nice bat, a nice depth piece. That that's really what it is. Um, it's what this team needs. So overall, I'm, I'm happy with it and happy so far with how that's looked. Like the team overall, Wade Miley being still a question mark to start the season does cause a little bit of problems on the depth side, as as expected. We've kind of talked about this, right? Even like we talked about like Fangraphs projections for this squad, and it was like, oh boy. Um, I understand the question marks kind of thing was what we were looking at. 
but otherwise, right? We talked about how the standings projections were, projections were out last year or last week, rather, so we could kind of see like where teams were projected at. But right now, we're looking at the Brewers, and there's just the rotation, right? We know Freddie Peralta is probably going to be opening day starter. But then from there, that Hauser trade is kind of tough. Obviously, they didn't want to pay him, but lose some depth there in the rotation. It's going to be how this wrestler's rotation makes out. Is DL Hall going to start in it? He was pitching He was pitching a little bit against Yelich, and Yelich is all for it. Yelich was very impressed to see it, how he's performed. Um, basically, like this team's young. There's a lot of inexperience now in this team. Um, a lot of the experience is gone. And my whole point of why I'm saying that is these next few weeks of spring are actually extremely meaningful for a lot of guys, a lot of guys, especially on the pitching side. I think, I think the the third base battle is going to be interesting. I think it's going to be, you know, splitting hairs. I think it's going to be a kind of a platoon thing, but otherwise it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see who gets the nod at third to start the year. Um, I think it's going to depend if it's a lefty or righty. Andre Monasterio still has the potential to be the, the guy at third. Um, Sal Freelich has worked in there a little bit, we know. Um, just a, that, That's kind of the question. Christian Arroyo, we didn't talk about him. He might get the nod. Um, I don't think Brock Wilkins ready yet, This the, yeah, even though he's had a huge spring. I think they're going to start him in AAA and go with some experience. Um so that, that's how third base settled. The other development was um, we're starting to see Reese Hoskins out there. It's good to see Hoskins back. He's still rehabbing from that ACL. So I won't rush him back too much. He hasn't seen that bats in, in a long time. So um, we're hoping he gets back. But he's also another DH candidate just solely based on how that's gone. And I, I think that's with like Tyler Black to see how he, he, he who hasn't had a great spring fits with this team. Uh, there's a chance that Gary Sanchez signing means more for first base and trying to just get, you know, I don't know about Contreras necessarily at first, but just trying to move those guys around and get get more comfortable with, with that. And I think what Pat Murphy's preaching, at least what I'm seeing, I, I haven't really heard too much about him talking about this, but he wants utility. He wants guys to be able to play multiple positions. I think that's something that we're seeing stressed, especially this year. Um, and we're seeing it right away. We're seeing Perkins operate in center, right, left. Um, we're seeing, of course, Owen Miller. He's operating. He was operating at second on Saturday. Uh, we know what's going on with Sal Freelick. Any experience at third, second? Dustin Pedroia was working with him, right? I think I think depth is going to be a key for this team, and I think we're going to see Pat Murphy try to utilize guys in almost an unorthodox Craig Council kind of way. Um, so. I want to talk lastly about Brewers are doing some giveaways. They are doing giveaways. Um, ooh, they're playing the athletic when they play the athletics on next Friday, the March 8th. They are playing the athletics. They're going to be in Vegas. They're putting them in Vegas to start getting a look. That's going to be unpopular with Oakland, but um, with the Oakland fans. But the Brewers are doing a branded giveaway this Wednesday for a home game they have. They're doing a flashback Friday. Unsure who the alumni will be. Um, and then they're going to, you can run the bases on Saturday. I've always wanted to make it down to the, to spring training. I don't know if any of you have all been there. If it's a worthwhile experience, it definitely looks 
looks cool. It's just something I'd, I'd want to try. I don't know. Um, go for a weekend, catch a game or two, see how it is. Obviously, games aren't that exciting in terms of that atmosphere, but it's still something you know to keep in mind. But we are almost to the Brewers' first game, March 28th, 25 days away. I'm excited. We're almost there, everyone. Um, let's let's go over here to the Bucks before we wrap up this episode. And the, yeah, the Milwaukee Bucks talk about a big week. They did exactly what they needed to do. It was okay. Um, they have a nice schedule coming out of the break, other than that Minnesota game, right? They they got lucky with when they're playing Philly. Um, it was like okay, keep winning those. Um, but they did exactly what they needed to do. Five games out after the break, five wins. Win, win, win. Uh, that Charlotte, Charlotte, Chicago. I said this better be a sweep this week. I said you got to win all three. They do just that. They went 123 to 85 on Tuesday against Charlotte at home. That was one of the best defensive performances we have seen by the Milwaukee Bucks in, I don't know, this season, but, you know, in a long time. You know, even that Bootenholzer a couple of years ago when they were the first in defensive rating kind of kind of year. That was incredible stuff. Um, and then we go to Thursday's game. They allow Charlotte to only 99 points on the road as they win 111-99. That game got a little bit closer than people wanted. My big takeaway was this. They had three straight games of allowing under 100 points um, on Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, 98-85-99. When you do that in this kind of offensive-heavy NBA, right? the environment now is so offensively friendly, This that that's huge. That's going to win you games. And then I didn't even bring up how they did it in four straight, right? I said three, not they go to Friday when they play Chicago, they win one thirteen ninety seven. They have four straight games of allowing a hundred points or less. Um, I'm, I don't even need to look back and look, but I can tell you that they have not done that at all this year. I don't even, I, and I'm, I'm just breezing past the look. No, not even close. Don't even like, it wasn't even a thought. I don't think this year, the defensive intensity by this team, uh, the communication has gotten better, but I also think they have, I think you gave Doc some games to settle in. He's settled. The Bucks boom, win five in a row. And it's like when they had a nice win streaks earlier in the year, it was like when they won seven in a row. They were still allowing well over 110 points a game. Now we're seeing that drop by 10. I think this next week is going to be a test to see really what kind of Bucks team we have. They're not going to win every game. They're not. I'm not saying they're, they're these, the super insane team, but they play. It goes tomorrow night. So this is Monday, 7 p.m. at home against the Clippers. That'll be a good test. Wednesday night at 9 p.m. at Golden State. Friday night at L.A. to play the Lakers. And then Sunday at L.A. again to play the Clippers. So you have Clippers twice this week. You have a total of four games in seven days. I don't know how this is going to go. Um, you also then have Sacramento the next week, also on the road. You hope you hope to win two of those road games, and you're fine. Honestly, that's how the NBA is these days. If you win half your road games, you're going to be fine. Just because of how home field advantage, just the power of it, especially in the regular season, uh, these teams are going to – yeah. You take – I would take this week um, – so really just three road games, one home game, just in the span of this week. There's really four games on the road together. Um, but I would say you're hoping for a three-in-one week, like 
going through this. You're hoping they can win at least. They should be able to at least beat the Lakers on Friday, I would assume, even though they played better. But, you know, I could see them losing Sunday to the Clippers next week. Um, I think they win Wednesday against Golden State. I do. I think L.A., Golden State. I think they're going to get this win streak to eight, and then they might lose on Sunday is my prediction. So a three-in-one week is what I'm I'm thinking, but we'll see. The Friday night game route tickets are as low as $130 to watch Lakers and Bucks go at it in the or at, in LA to see that one. Um, so that's kind of what we're looking at this week in terms of basketball. Some good games, some late games. Uh, two 9 p.m. tips I dislike, especially on a Wednesday night. I dislike a 9 p.m. tip. I might be able to watch, though. I'll be at the Marquette game as they play UConn on Wednesday night. So get to catch two basketball games same day. That sounds good with me. Uh, but otherwise, right, four games this week for them. Uh, but the Brewers, rather, have a game on they – re- they have a game going on right now starting up in a little bit, not on TV. Um we're kind of waiting for the next game that's on TV, which is kind of frustrating. No games on TV this week. Sorry. Don't get to watch. Unfortunate. Uh, I think one of them might be actually on an opposing team's uh, channel, but my point is we don't get to watch on Valley. Unfortunate. Again, I understand. doesn't really make sense to broadcast some games, but always good to see Brewers on spring training as they were um, on TV for spring training yesterday. Although it was a loss, still good to see it. Anyways, that's all I got here on this Sunday. I hope you all have a great rest of your weekend. Um, and I look forward to next episode. I'll be back Wednesday at 4.15 or so with Zach Roush and Jared Valesky for another episode of Journey to Million. So that's all I got here for myself, Drew Skyberg. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Drew's Sports Crew, the perfect podcast for you.